before we begin today, I just wanted to acknowledge that Full Spirals is made possible through the generous support of our patrons. A special thanks to Anonymous and Bree for being our latest Patreon sponsors. I'm so grateful to all of you for subscribing and continuing to support the vital work of making creativity a force of healing and growing in our world. And for helping to give healing a voice. Do you want to help with this vital work? Click the Patreon tab in the show notes and become a spinner today. Welcome to a very special Project I'm Speaking episode of Bull Spirals. Project I'm Speaking episodes are a series of interviews conducted with the intention of featuring brave and talented women who agreed to speak up about their creative process, about how they found their unique voices, and how they intend to use those gorgeous voices in the world now. Because we need this. All of us need this right now, more than ever. So enjoy this time and this unique voice while you take in this episode of Project I'm Speaking. I'm Stacy Parrish. Swanson is an award-winning storyteller, comedian, motivational speaker, and HuffPost contributor. She's the author of Who Hijacked My Fairy Tale, The Land of If Only, The Story Formula, and The Gutsy Girl's Pocket Guide to Public Speaking. She's been a featured entertainer for Holland America Cruise Lines, keynote speaker for the International Toastmasters Convention, and has keynoted at major conferences and corporate events from coast to coast. And in July of 2022, was inducted into the National Speakers Association Speaker Hall of Fame. Kelly's wacky wit and powerful stories have charmed hearts and tickled funny bones for over 20 years. This spring, Kelly brings her one-woman show, Who Hijacked My Fairy Tale, to the Fox Cities PAC. And I had the chance to chat with her about her life, her process, and the connections that stories allow us to make in our lives. It's about finding, accepting, and honoring the work that has always wanted to be made. It's about holding on, and letting go. Hello. How are you? I'm good today. I can't complain. It's um, it's a little gray out, but other than that. It's sunny here in North Carolina. Nice. Yeah, we're getting some pretty weather, but uh, we know not to be fooled by it. Mm. And thank you for having me on the show and for giving a platform where we as artists can talk about our art and how we can heal through it. And you're such a soothing balm. Um, You've got such a soothing presence um, in this podcast. Thank you for giving us a place where we can talk about these things and the work that you do for the people listening. You'll never get to see uh, like ripples in a pond, the effect that you're having. You just need to know it's it's out there. Um, so thank you for the work that you do, Stacy. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So let's just go ahead and launch in. Yeah, yeah let's do. I am intrigued by your work for a couple of reasons. Well, for a number of reasons, but um, just the little brief chat that we had before we actually decided to start is your belief in authenticity, your belief in the process, and your belief in no longer disqualifying yourself 
for many spaces. So with that, do you mind going back a little bit, like way back? Okay. Well, as you can tell by the accent, I'm from Jersey. (laughs) I've always lived in the South, in the land of stories are written for you and handed to you. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say that. That's unfair to paint everybody with that brush. But um, uh, there's three girls in my family. I'm the oldest. I have another sister who's three years younger than me and then another one who is 15 years younger than me. So same parents. But um, yeah, I know, right? My mother was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. She worked at our school for a little bit. Um, and my father was, uh, he, it was interesting. He was poor side of the, the tracks and mom was rich side of the tracks. Mom was debutante, Southern Belle, appearances mm-hmm. are everything. And uh, my father was, uh, his father had died young and, you know, just barely enough to eat, but you always had enough to eat and you were thankful for that. They moved to North Carolina when when I was a teenager. And so- mm-hmm. Were you arty as a kid? I was a writer. Mm-hmm. I've always been a writer, always stories, poetry, but I came about it in a different way. I think I was the picked on kid, the bullied mm-hmm. kid, the kid you threw things at on the bus, not saying that to get your sympathy. I'm just, it just is what it is. Uh, it, it, I didn't fit anywhere. I was just the oddball and being very scared anyway of my own shadow. It, it So because I didn't have any friends, I created my own mm-hmm. and I created this whole town in my head. And uh, so I just escaped in, mm-hmm. into stories and I journaled in these characters and they made me laugh and they made me feel good. And so I was the kid who could see things other people couldn't hear and see things other people couldn't see. And it was weird, but not so weird now that I look back, you know. Mm-hmm. I never even shared it with anybody till after I got out of college. It was just for me. I can't explain it, but if you're an artist, you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I sit down and they tap me on the shoulder and they show themselves to me. And I didn't set out to be an artist. But at some point, this secret shame became the thing I most wanted to share with the world. Hmm. So how did you eventually move from keeping your work to yourself to bringing it forward? One thing interesting, Stacy, and I don't know if this has taken it in a weird direction, but I took a writing class with a bunch of teachers for fun after I got mm-hmm. out of college and we had to read our stories. And they said, and so I read one of mine to this room full of teachers and they're like, wow, the story you tell is good, but the way you tell it is even better. Mm. Would you come to our school? We'll pay you. One of these schools, the art teacher, Cynthia Brown, and all her adorned, glittered uh clothes and cheeks and everything. It, 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 she said, you're a storyteller. It's like she anointed me. I was like, what? I never heard of that. She's like, you're a storyteller. Come join us. And there was a whole storytelling guild, North Carolina Storytelling Guild. And I went to National Storytelling Festival and I went, that's who I want to be. Mm, that's an incredible discovery. And then you mentioned there was a transition at some point where you moved from storytelling festivals to speaking and telling your stories professionally. Can you tell me a bit about how that happened? I met a a lady named Jeannie Robertson, who she was at one of the events, a festival I was at. And she came up and she saw me do my my thing. And she said, you're never going to make any money doing Mm. it this way. Wrap your art in a way that they can receive it. And you will make a livelihood. Walked into this world 
away from storytellers into professional speaking 20 years ago, this was, I took one look around and went, "Uh uh-oh, my town is too weird. It's too different. I can't get here and talk about Pride's Hollow. It's nobody's going to buy this. It's not marketable. This, I don't look the part and I buried all of them. And I made a career being a funny motivational speaker and chub rub girl and all this stuff. And during COVID, I just said, Kelly, what are you doing? Life is short. You're sitting on the one thing you wanted to do all along, but thought was too weird and too different. You've proven that you can make a living as a speaker. Why don't you bring these characters out and do, you know, I hate to sound morbid, but before I die, I do the thing I know I was born to Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. There's something about hitting a certain age too. Yeah. 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 The clock just, there's just something I think about learning to to just go, damn it, I'm going to do this. And yeah, none of y'all may like it, but I'm going to bring it to the light anyway Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And the pandemic was the catalyst for that. It was because I realized life is short. Mm -hmm. I already knew that, but it, it was, well, I mean, everything shut down. I don't, it's weird, Stacey, because at the moment when I should have been the most afraid about my business and because speaking is my livelihood, I don't know, it was the opposite. And I started writing these stories. It's an age thing. You start realizing your runway left is shorter than, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and things don't matter as much. Yeah. 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 There's just a lot less to be afraid of. There's a lot more. Who cares? (laughs) What what difference does it make? Who's it going to hurt? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you talk a lot about creating connection and creating connection through emotion. This work that you were just talking about, you said that you were afraid to bring that to your public speaking, uh-huh. and now you're working on it. Uh-huh. Is there more power in that because it's so deeply connected to you? Since my message is all about story. Oh, this is so cool. I know I don't know even know if you wanted to go here, but I do. Uh, okay. I, I, I want to I want to tell my story of the little girl with all the characters in her head as a children's story in the short time. I want to combine fiction with nonfiction. Ah, cool. So before we started rolling, you told me about the premise and the catalyst for this whole project. Can you share a bit about that? Who the character was, what the catalyst was? Old man Withers died and he left everybody money in the whole town on one condition that they do something brave. The, all these stories of what people are doing. Harriet learned to drive the Buick in the driveway that, that she never learned to drive. And Bitsy marched through town in her string bikini and and Ed Jenkins and his kids jumped in the leaves. He never took time with his kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. All these stories of bravery. And what I'm what 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 is the coolest juice of all to me is that. Old Man Withers gave me a challenge, me and mm-hmm. Kelly. The story had to happen this way where the girl has to grow up mm-hmm. and come to a place where she has the courage to bring them out. And this was the story all along. That's yeah. amazing. And it sounds like, I mean, they're the ones that kept you company, literally, yes. Kelly, as a little girl. Yes. And now you're bringing them forward for other people, not only to get to know, but to learn from. Yeah authenticity and real and just showing up as you who you are I think now more than ever is Mm -hmm. the time for us to be doing that no I agree with you
one of the things you say in one of your goal casts is when are you going to believe the words you say? Yeah. And then you go on to share about how sharing authentically and sharing the things that make you feel not good enough or sharing the things that make me feel not good enough. That's the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It really is true. We're seeking affirmation from others. Many of us, not all of us, but a lot of us are held down by these feelings of we're too this, we're too that, we're Mm. too old, we're not good enough. We are not doing the thing that would bring us the most joy because there's some lie standing in the way of why why we can't do it. And we will never get there until we first in our hearts somehow figure out how to believe it for ourselves. They're never going to see it if you don't see it first. I really believe that. It's Mm -hmm. owning my right to be up here. And for years, I didn't have that. Yeah. And those stories that we tell ourselves, like you said, it's all kind of part of the creative process. It's all, you know, that imposter syndrome. And I just had a conversation with another artist this weekend about, you know, I had a uh, an icky stage experience in the fall and realized that the story I've been telling myself, because I've never blanked out on stage before, but I did. So what I told myself and what I'm now attempting to not tell myself anymore is, well, you're too old for this. You don't have the memory for this. It, it happened once and it happened for a really good reason when I look back, but that doesn't change what's going on inside of me. That doesn't change the limitations that I'm imposing on myself. Right. And, and how beautiful that you can be aware that you're saying that and go, okay, I'm going to acknowledge it. And I'm going to, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to change it. I have a a speech this week where I want to tell a story I wrote and it's going to be perfect. But Stacey, I don't have time to memorize it and it's too big and I'm not going to put that on my plate. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read it in a keynote speech. I put it in a big font. I'm putting it in a notebook. I'm bringing a music stand. I'm going to sit on a stool and in the middle of my speech, I'm going to do sacrilege in the speaking business and read it. (laughs) <laughs> I'll wrap it in in other stuff, but it's and when I even read it, I was like, no, it is powerful. And I'm not. And here's the next thing. I was going to apologize for it. I was going to mm. say, well, just tell them in the beginning. It's you just finished. And I was like, no, you're not. Nice. You're going to own it. You're going to put that notebook out there and you are going to go into it. You're going to do exactly what you want to do. And when you're done, if one person says, I can't believe you read that, too, that's their problem. Yes. Stop. It's great. You're going to love this. You're going to. That's another thing. COVID really pushed me to the to the brink, Stacy, of no more second guessing myself before I go on a stage. Mm-hmm. My life has no time for that. It yes. has no time for being anxious about or worried who's going to show up or no. It is. I can't wait. I am excited. The headset mic didn't work. I got to use a handheld. So what? So what? Yeah. And what you're talking about, what you're talking about, or what I'm hearing is progress, not perfection. And like 80% of any issue to get over it is just awareness. And you're already there. You already get it. And what is perfection? I don't think it's ever achieved. And I don't think there's a universal definition of it. As you were talking, it felt like this was a really good time to talk about how to change your story or how yes. stories get changed. Sure. And because you're coming to Appleton with your show, yeah. Who Hijacked My Fairy Tale, I would love to hear more about that show because it's not just a comedy show. 
Yes, you're right. You're right. There's a story in there. It's it's touching. You you might cry a little bit. It's a feel good kind of a cry. But there's a story about something that happened, and I don't want to give it away. Uh, but there's a story about something painful that happened to me in college, and that changed the story. It affirmed. So you know a lot of my life story already because we've been talking about it. It's what I bring up in the show. It's I never played fit the part and I never got to fairy tale and none of this ever turned out anyway. And yet I still kept trying to be it, to look the part, to get the guide, all these boxes that society gives you to check off and don't think we're not doing it today. Don't think that the fairy tale concept has become antiquated. It, it has people are still hanging on to the or somebody's feeding us the idea that we should look a certain way, that it's all about having the the right companion and it's all about the things you have and who likes you, blah, blah, blah. So when this thing happened to me in college, I wrote the story that says I don't deserve more. And when you don't believe you deserve a guy who treats you well. Or you don't believe that, you know, you stop looking for it and you carry around the lie. But the message of the show is they don't get to write this story. You do. And that is more than just having heard a funny joke. I want people to walk out and said, you, you, you said exactly what I needed to hear tonight. One of my friends said, Kelly, you'd be, this is a great for people in um, the drag community or transgender. I was like, but I don't understand that world. I don't relate. And they said, are you kidding? Your whole show is about not feeling like you fit in mm -hmm. the story they wrote for you. And that's everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody has more. I mean, well, actually, what I'm realizing is even the princesses are like, hey, it wasn't so easy being us either. Let's talk about my life being the pretty one with the big boobs that everybody wanted to have sex with. Let's talk about what happened in my world. Amen. It's just a really, it just forces you to rip off that idea that we have to follow a story that was written for us. Yeah, the the prison of expectation is kind of what you're talking about. Like you, you know, like you said, you're you're prescribed to fit into certain boxes. And it reminds me of that expression. You wouldn't try so hard to blend in if you understood that you were born to stand out. Yeah. And that's what I love about me, because when they look at me standing up there, I don't have to say a word. I'm giving them permission because they're like, OK, wait a minute. If she's going to get up there. Do you see the one who didn't look the part? I am proving it. That's why that's why I'm working this stuff out in front of you. I'm dealing with it myself. I don't feel like at the end of the day, there's a small piece of me that feels like I don't belong up here either. But what am I doing? This is a line from my from my show. I'm not waiting to feel brave. I'm choosing brave. And I'm going to put myself out there. And if I can do it, so can you. And, and that's something I believe about story is they're universal. We don't connect on plot. We connect on emotion. And everybody can identify with feeling left out, invisible, like you're not good enough, that you don't matter, that you don't have a purpose, that you don't fit society's story. We all have. So, so that kind of I don't know, makes it a universal theme mm -hmm. anyway. It's just, a, it, it's, and I love the laughter. I love to hear the roar of people laughing so hard. They just, it just feels good. And people have a lot on their plates right now. Mm -hmm. It's 
it's it's anxieties at an all time high. You know, you just you don't have to turn on news or social media for any amount of time. It's just rampant. There's just a lot going on. And if all it is is a night to just laugh and realize that we don't have to take life so seriously, I'll be happy with that, too. Mm hmm. When, when I was watching some of your, I was on your website and I was watching some of the videos and you are just an absolutely remarkable speaker. Well, um, thank you. Thank you're welcome. Um, I was reminded of uh, people don't remember what you said or did, but people remember how you made them feel. They really do, Stacy, And they remember how you made them feel about themselves. Mm. That's the, that's the stories are what connect us. That's what connects us as human beings. And we don't connect on the plot. We connect on the emotion. Uh, you know, that just hearing that emotion is makes me remember that time in my life when I felt that way. And now I'm standing in my story and your story. Well, I'm so looking forward to having you here. Me um, too. I've got a lot of friends who live in the area and they're already getting groups together and come. They're, a lot of my speaker friends live in that area. So I'm very, very excited. I've been to Appleton before. So I'm hoping some of my friends will, will come back. I'm very excited and I'll also to be coming out. I like coming out in the lobby after the show's over oh, to visit nice. with everybody. So if you are coming and you don't have to get home because it's dark or it's late, please stay in the lobby because I would love to meet you afterwards as many people as I can. That's my favorite part really is going out there and meeting them all up close. So That's wonderful to know. Um, I love how accessible you are. I love how authentic you are. I love what you said about, you know, you're just up there working your stuff out on stage. I really am and having the courage to get back up there. But I'm human like the rest of us. I used to think that because I had not worked it all out, that made me a fraud. Hmm. And then I went, no, Kelly, no, if anything, it gives you the right because you're standing in it. You understand it. You're looking at it. You're working through it. You know what it feels like to be here. I don't think we get to a point where we've got it all worked out. I think we're always going to be a work in progress and fighting these these inner voices. It's just going to be easier to silence them the more we realize who's really holding the pen. Mm, that feels like a really good place to stop. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to your show. And I believe it's the 20th. I believe it's April 20th. It is April 20th. Okay. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day. And again, I appreciate it. And um, yeah, take care. See you in April. All righty. Thanks, Stacey. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Full Spirals was produced by Boom Arts in Appleton, Wisconsin. The music by Helen Avakian. Additional music provided by Beth Kelly. Production assistance by Jeff Ryan. If you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, and share Full Spirals. Bring your friends and your fam along for the ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform, because we really are all in this together. Till next time, take care. Take care.